All right, everybody, welcome to, wow. <laughs> welcome to the Jake Fine Podcast, um, where my goal is to just uncover documentary filmmaking every episode as we go. So I wanted to record an episode today and just kind of keep this thing going. I've been doing a lot of episodes lately, and I, yeah, I just wanted to keep it going. So today I wanted to talk about the lessons I learned from making a documentary by myself. So I've made like four, three or four documentaries, one of which was a full length. Three of them were mini documentaries, but they were more like experimental. I wasn't really taking them too seriously. So for all intensive purposes, I've seriously made like one or two documentaries. Um, all of them that I've done have been alone, but these lessons that I'm going to talk about are from the first documentary I ever made. And that was about the high school baseball team at the high school that I went to, uh, Oak Park River Forest. And I was blessed with the opportunity to be a manager for that team. And I had my camera and I just ended up asking them if I could make a documentary about it. And then we took it even further and premiered it at a theater. And I was able to make money off of my first documentary that I filmed and edited and directed everything by myself. So um, I think this is a good lesson for people who may not have a budget, but they're interested in documentary filmmaking and have a cool topic that they want to do and they just want to go for it. And I definitely think it's possible. Um, I actually, the film teacher at my high school, um, I when I conceived the idea to do the documentary, I went up to him and asked, like, hey, do you think this is possible? And he was like, yeah, it's definitely possible. It's very hard, but it's definitely possible. And once I heard that, I was kind of like, okay, let's go. And went for it. So, yes, I want to just hop right into these lessons that I kind of came up with that I learned, and I'll just kind of go deep into each one. But the first one is, you can't predict how a documentary will unfold. Now let me go a little bit deeper. There's different styles of documentary and, and filmmaking in general, but there's different types of documentary. There's ones that are talking head-based, which are usually going over something that's already happened, um, and you're kind of using footage that you put together combined with interviews, talking about the past to create a documentary. Then there's like cinema verite, which is where you kind of film everything on the go and like sometimes there's not any interviews in those and it's just kind of like an artistically put together chronological highlight reel of history in a cinema format um and then there's like experimental and stuff like that um i'll link a video in the description that explains this more in depth but basically the way i was filming this was on the go and then i also filmed interviews to kind of like tell the story a little bit better um like I would film interviews throughout the season with some of the same guys and just kind of see where they were at but as I most of the stuff I was filming was like I was filming the action as it was unfolding and what I wanted to document like what I thought would be really cool was like oh I'm going to document them they have a bunch of seniors they have a bunch of d1 guys or guys that are going d1 or to ivy league schools and you know we have a really talented team I want to document them winning state. That was my goal at the time, which is obviously silly 
Um, but nonetheless, what I learned over time is that it's impossible to predict these things. And it's, 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 it's silly. It's not, it's not what makes a good documentary to go in with an assumption of what's going to happen. Um, now that being said, you do like what I've learned since making that documentary is that you kind of do want to have ideas of how, like different scenarios that could happen, um, that make you interested in filming the story. For example, I was very interested in the team chemistry. A lot of these guys grew up and hung out together all throughout high school and played on the same teams, like in travel ball and in little league. And then they ended up being on this stacked ranked high school team in the state. And that made it a very interesting thing to me that I was like, okay, one of the outcomes that could happen here is that they win state. And at the beginning, like I said, that's what I was hoping would happen. Uh, halfway through filming, I realized the odds of any team winning state are very little, even if you're very good. Um, like, look at March Madness. The number one team rarely wins. So I, 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 I had that in the back of my mind too. And I eventually realized if they win state, that would be awesome. That would be a great moment to capture but also it's going to test me more as a storyteller if they don't win state and i'm able to wrap this up with a nice bow and share some kind of lesson so what i would say is don't try to predetermine what's going to happen because when it doesn't happen that way which it probably won't you that could probably cause you to spin out of control and stop filming the documentary instead look at the situation at hand say this is interesting because and write that down and then, like, here are some different things I could see happening. And if the in the event that these do happen, here's how I'm going to film it. Uh, and that'll be much, much, that'll help you be much more prepared. Um, I actually, like, wasn't prepared for how some of these things were going to unfold. And I some of the shots that I could have gotten, I missed in the final game of the season. And to me, it, like... I look back on that documentary and I'm like, oh my God, I could have done this so much better. But you live and you learn. So yeah, that's that lesson, again, just to wrap it up, is you can't predetermine how a documentary will unfold, but make sure you're prepared for how things could play out in different situations, just in case you're ready to, just so you're ready to film. Um, so here's the second lesson that I learned from that documentary uh, was... I should have edited as I filmed to keep track of the story better. So something I do today is after after my shoots, even if it's for clients, I come back home and I look at all the footage and I take notes and I just drill myself like, oh, I should have done this better. I should have done this better. I should have done this better. And then I'll kind of go back and be like, okay, this was this shot had this good quality. This I like this quality in this shot, blah, blah, blah. And then what happens is, um, I edit it right then and there. That's what I do today. Um, in when I was making that documentary, though, I just literally went home. I would go on my hard drive, put everything in a file, and then I didn't look at that footage again until two or three months later when it was time to edit. And in, at by that time, I had so much footage to go through and so much stuff that I didn't remember and all this stuff that 
it made editing seem like such a big mountain to climb that I procrastinated even longer. And that's a normal thing. So what I learned from that is it's going to be much more effective to come home, look through all the footage, mark everything, even start to edit some scenes that you think might be good. For example, if I film a game and there was a really good comeback, maybe I edit that scene just so I have more concrete stuff when I really start to put the whole piece together. I think that would have been a much more effective way to do it. And that's kind of how I do things now. And that's I, I only could learn that through that experience of having to go back and edit everything without knowing what I had at the end of the shoot, at the end of filming the whole documentary. So, um, yeah, that was a quick one, but let's move on to the next one. Um, so number three is I didn't get enough feedback as I was editing the documentary. So... I've talked about this before. The feedback circle is my concept that I made where you have two to three people in a circle, in a in a quote-unquote circle, excuse me. You have two to three people in a quote-unquote circle and you send them every cut of your film or whatever it is you're working on. If you're working on a painting or whatever, anything, any art, you send it to three people from different backgrounds Maybe somebody in your circle is good at the same thing you're trying to pursue. So for me, it might be, I, ha I might have a friend who's in the circle that's keen and understands filmmaking. Another person who has some kind of understanding of filmmaking, but is more like a general population person. And then somebody else who, you just have a third person in there. It doesn't. There's no like specific criteria criteria for who's in it. You just want people with different perspectives and different expertise that they could lend to giving you feedback with. So um, I do this now with my documentaries. I'm working on a mini documentary right now with a saxophonist. And I've, I'm currently just finished my third cut of that documentary. So my third edit. And it's getting a lot better. But... It's only getting better because I'm been every step of the way, every cut that I've finished, I send out to these same people and I get this feedback. So I didn't do that with my baseball documentary. And we were just talking about this the other day with one of the people in my feedback circle was imagine if I had, imagine if I had done this um, with that baseball documentary that I've been referring to this whole podcast, it would have been a much better film. Um, and I think there's a stigma with being a creative where it's like you have to do everything by yourself. Um, like people people want to be this genius that just like understands art and like can make this revolutionary thing and it all comes from within their own head. And I really don't think that's possible. Show me one person who's done that. Um, I really don't think it's possible. So especially if you're not like a super genius, which I can say I'm not a super genius um, confidently. So I just think this whole film would have been made exponentially better if I had three or four rounds of feedback to go through as I made this thing. What I did was I edited the whole thing. I would show my friends periodically and just to excite them, but I didn't actually ask them for feedback. And then not not because I wouldn't have wanted it. I just didn't think to. I didn't think that was part of the process. And... I finally showed everybody the night before I was going to premiere it at the theater. I showed like my family and my really close friends. 
but there was no time for feedback then. The 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 theater already had the movie in their system. Um, there was no going back there. So that was what it was. But I would say if you're going to make a documentary, especially solo, if you don't have a team, create a feedback circle and really put yourself out there. Ask for feedback. Don't take anything personally. Take everything as constructive criticism. If somebody in your feedback circle seems a little too harsh and too mean and seems like they're cutting you down and you their opinion becomes unwanted, get them out and replace them with somebody who genuinely cares about you and genuinely wants to see you succeed. Um, but other than that, don't look for people who are going to kiss your ass. Don't look for people who are going to like tell you what you want to hear. Look for people who are going to be hard on you and people who genuinely want to see your project be the best that it could be. So that's that point. Then the fourth and final point or learning point that I want to share in this podcast is understand your equipment before you try to shoot with it. Now, I have two situations where this was, uh, I, I didn't do this and it was it significantly impacted my documentary. So let's get into the first one. I wanted to lav up the head coach of the team. For those who don't know, a lavalier mic is a mic, uh, a microphone that is wireless that I can put onto somebody far away from me and plug into the camera. And I'll, I can pick up their audio from anywhere they are as long as they're within like the range of the microphone. So I wanted to use one of those on the coach during an important game. Unfortunately, I didn't think of this until the day of. So I went into the, the film studio at the school. I went into the film studio at the school and... Sorry, I just got to mute my phone there. I go to the the news the newsroom where all the the film equipment is, and I I am able to borrow them. I try to like get everything going, and it doesn't work. And I missed like the game that I wanted to mic up the coach with. That game happened to be like the game against the crosstown rival, and it was like a blowout game, and it would have been really cool to get all that footage. And I just wasn't able to. So I feel like that would have made the documentary a lot more interesting and a lot more exciting, especially because I was premiering this in the town where the cross, like I was premiering this to Oak Park and River Forest, which is like where the, like the audience would have gotten a lot out of that is basically because everybody knows Fen like the, the two Crosstown rivals, like everybody knows that dichotomy. So I think it would have been super entertaining, but I wasn't able to get it, unfortunately. Second situation was actually when I was shooting my recent full-length documentary that I'm working on with John Beneducci, the professional fighter. He, I borrowed, I, I, I rented a camera and I borrowed like a, uh, a Sennheiser shotgun microphone and I wasn't able to get it working. So we had to use a, like, we, what's it freaking called? I, I borrowed from a friend an XLR microphone because those have like the better quality audio, like the more professional audio, quote unquote. And we basically, 
couldn't get it to work on set. So I had to resort to just my regular Rode microphone that doesn't have XLR. And obviously it didn't sound horrible, but the audio could have been a lot better and easier to work with if we had used the XLR. And I had just done my due diligence before shooting and gotten everything sorted out. So yeah, basically, let's just go over all this again. Um, these are the lessons that I learned from making my first documentary alone and just kind of other little shoots that I've done. These are all lessons I've kind of compiled. Um, but one is you can't predetermine, you can't predetermine how a documentary will unfold. Two is I should have edited as I was filming, but I didn't. Um, three is I didn't get enough feedback as I made the film and was editing the film and getting different cuts. And then four is understand your equipment before you try to shoot with it because I guarantee you if you don't understand it and you just try to figure it out the day of, you're not gonna, it's not going to work and you're going to be scrambling and you're going to miss important stuff. So those are the lessons that I can share from just doing this enough and telling you guys my own mistakes. And yeah, that's basically what this is. So if you guys are enjoying the podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you left a five-star rating or left a like if you're on YouTube. Um, probably going to be doing one of these solo podcasts once a week, and I'm going to be trying to get an interview once a week. So there's going to be a lot of content coming out. Also going to be sharing a series about my time in New York shooting for Manimal. There's making a little docu-series about that. And then stay tuned for the Derek doc, which is coming out, the guy who's plays saxophone, and then two Manimal documentary will be coming out probably within this year. So stay tuned for that. If you guys like this content, please support, like, subscribe, leave a rating. It really helps. And uh, yeah, I live to help. See you guys.